Did you hear the big news? We started a private university. We are rolling out a new design certificate program and a master's degree program along with our Design Suite Mastermind. We have new enrollment dates coming up for these programs. And if you want to watch a 10-minute video and learn more, go to designsuitecourses.com learn. If you have been struggling to get sales from your design work or understanding what you really need to do to make money, I have the workshop for you. On September 23rd, I'm hosting my first ever profitable designer workshop. This one day, three hour workshop is only $97, but I have a discount for all my podcast listeners. Go to KarinaGardnerCourses.com slash profit and put in the code podcast for $50 off. I can't wait to see you more profitable. Welcome to the Make and Design Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Gardner. On this podcast, we're unraveling the everyday joys and dilemmas of design, making, and business. For makers who want to be designers and for designers who are makers, this is your inside scoop to help you grow your business and bring more creativity to your life. Hey guys, I'm with Kelly Wayman again today. Kelly is a silhouette paper uh, instructor and she makes all sorts of wonderful things. She it has been on Craftsy. She teaches for Silhouette. Anyway, I am excited to have her here because today we are going to talk about favorite things, which is my favorite topic because I'm going to talk about some of my favorite things too. So Kelly, let's like, let's hit it off. Tell me like one of the projects you did that you just loved doing. Uh, probably one of my all time favorites was a um, paper flower kind of frame. It was... It, it actually was one of the Christmas silhouette, um, oh, what do you call it, a nativity frame that you could buy at one time. It was like the first one. Anyway, it has these little wires that stretch across the frame and little metal clips that you could hang stuff from these wires. And so I made a whole bunch of paper flowers and just hung them from the clips. And that was that was one of my favorites. The frame is put away, but I still have those flowers up in my craft room up on the wall. Okay, so those flowers, did you did you do them all Christmas colors, or did you do them whatever colors you wanted? Um, I didn't even use it for Christmas. I did it later in the year. I, it was maybe more of a fall, late summer, fall. So it had purples and oranges and pinks and just all pretty flower colors. <laughs> that is so fun. I love how you're repurposing something that kind of came out around Christmas time for your own needs, which you just, it sounds like you just did it for the fun of it. Yeah, I did. So fun. Okay. I love it. Um, tell me another project, like where you had like an aha moment, like where you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. Um, probably another paper craft where I, it, well, it was, it, it had to have been this first um, little haunted house I did with the original cameo. Um, just being able to take a flat piece of, or several, of course, <laughs> several flat pieces of paper, and all of a sudden you've got score lines, and you fold and glue it together, and just add all these layers, and it um, turned into this cute house it was a cutesy Halloween house I don't do scary for Halloween (laughs) um but that was amazing to me I loved so so I still I love doing houses those are one of my favorite 
3D um, paper crafts they make or houses. But that was just so fun to, to um, yeah, to just, just create something, take something flat and just with a little bit of effort and folding in glue, all of a sudden it was this beautiful 3D piece that you could set on your counter or your shelf and, and people would be, you know, there's so many details that people could look at it and uh, just spend time noticing all the detail. It's just really fun. And so I've, I've loved making 3D crafts ever since then. Yeah, and I love it because it feels like you're putting together art. And mm -hmm. you have to kind of have a more mechanical mind, at least I think even building it, but even designing it. I remember the first thing that I designed and I sat down to figure it out and like I cut it out and like the tabs were all in the wrong places. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like I have two tabs on this side, no tab on this. Like things that you think are going to make total sense and be super easy, like are not when like when they're flat, you know, because they're like, wait, I don't what why? Oh, there's nothing holding the roof together. There's nothing. It is really funny. But then when it does come together, it's like total magic and gold I was working on actually last Halloween I started working on a huge like an ultimate project like my gingerbread house but for um, Halloween and I started building it and I actually never finished it because I was like you know what? I'm gonna finish this for next year it's like a big enough project it's gonna be a next year project but the um, just figuring out the the way that the angles of the roof was going to be for this was a little different than anything else I had done before. Because the nice thing is once you design one silhouette, like, you know, like one house, usually you can like rearrange it and change the pieces, but you, it's not like guessing where all the tabs ought to go. But for mm -hmm. this, like I'd never built a roof like this before. And I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. I cut it out probably three times before I got it right. But I, when it does, when it's right, it feels like magic. Like, how did the paper do that? I mean, yeah. you know, but it's like, what? How, how did that work? Yeah. And, and people who don't have, like, that spatial awareness that it's really impressive. The other people sometimes would... You know, that's paper? How did, how did you, it just blows their mind? <laughs> it's true. It's also, I think, almost thinking, it's so funny, I think of Minecraft, it's almost like building everything in boxes, like you're thinking about everything in boxes. How can I take this box and just change it a little bit to turn it into something magical? And for me, I think the best thing about those houses or villages are all the tiny little details, right? You were just talking about you make the cutesy Halloween house. Like, I love... Yeah the little pumpkins that are pop out from those or the little Santas or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I did one Halloween house where it was meant to have like a tea light inside of it. And so I made a wit I used vellum for the windows and had a witch inside. So when the light was on, you could see this, you couldn't see this witch inside the house unless you had the tea light on. I, so just details like that. <laughs> I love that kind of thing too. And I always like, I tell myself, oh, I'm going to build more vellum things. Or I, I definitely design everything with the thought that you could use vellum for the inside piece. But then when I go to cut it, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to use this white paper. It's just easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to be, like, very much focused on, like, how I want it all to look, which is so crazy. Okay, any other favorite projects? Um, I have done – well, okay, so I love – vinyl and heat transfer both 
those are really easy to work with, I think, like paper. Um, so for vinyl, a project I made that I have actually made several times, but um, for a wedding gift, I'll take a glass, kind of a, a, a shadow box frame works a little bit better, but I'll take glass and I'll use vinyl to make a um, stencil and I will use etching cream to etch out the bride's last name, her new last name. And then once that's etched and cleaned off, then I'll also cut out a vinyl and they lived happily ever after and put kind of overlay that on top of the etched piece. And it's so fun to watch the bride's reaction. You know, it's usually a bridal shower gift. And she, you know, I've had some really good reactions. The first time they see their last name, um, their new last name on a on a custom piece like that, it's it's just really really cool. And so I've done that many times as a good gift, and then also as a wedding present, I've done heat transfer on fabric that is actually glued to like a canvas panel. Oh. So they can frame it or they can just put it on an easel or whatever. And, you know, just some, some pretty wedding quote that I get from the Silhouette Design Store. I'm not clever enough to come up with my own. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit that it really hasn't been until this year that I have been like wholeheartedly, like almost weekly working with vinyl and heat transfer. Before that, I was like a paper girl and that was it. Like I was just like paper all the way. And it might be just because... I was a paper designer for so many years and the creative director of a paper company. But I like, I am like obsessed with heat, heat transfer and vinyl now because they're just so easy to cut. And I had no idea. Yeah, I, I love that. And a lot of times, you know, I'll be asked to do a project and they're just too easy. I'm like, I can't do this even though it's cute it's just too easy there's just nothing to it you cut it and you apply it and that's it <laughs> I know it's true it's true and the crazy thing is you'll have to tell me about your mistakes on your machines but I rarely make a mistake when I'm cutting vinyl or heat transfer but when I'm cutting paper like sometimes I will get I'll forget to like make the blade a little bit you know deeper or whatever or like it will slide because I'm using not a sticky enough mat or whatever mm -hmm. And I never, ever have that issue with heat transfer or vinyl. Yeah, if vinyl, if you don't get your settings quite deep enough, then then it can be trouble because it's harder to weave mm -hmm. if you're spending all this time trying not to tear it, but you're kind of peeling around these letters. Um, but at this point, I've got my vinyl settings that, you know, if just do a practice cut before you put it in a big sheet of <laughs> vinyl. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you, you do a test cut? Do you ever do a test I cut? I actually don't, I don't use the little built-in test cut very often. Okay. Um, I'll use like a letter or a star um, somewhere else on the page that I know it's not gonna be cut into. And I'll test with something that's got like points that's a little bit bigger or something more intricate than the little square and triangle. Um, yeah, I've cut enough vinyl that I have had mistakes but usually just some practice cuts to make sure that that is really cutting through um, cleanly all the way before you start on the big 
project. That's yeah. the biggest. Okay, I don't create another extra little something. I just use Silhouette's test cut, and that has always worked well for me. And I will say I own a lot of different vinyls. Like, I own Silhouette's. I own the Oracle. I own some off-brands. I, And so I feel like every single one of them have a different cut mm-hmm. setting. A little bit different. And I'm not sure, but I've got vinyl that's uh, 10 years old. Me too. <laughs> as well as the new stuff. So I'm not sure if there's something that happens that it kind of deteriorates over time, but I don't either. I usually cut those a little, a little deeper. Yeah, me time. too. Me too. And it always ends up working out. Okay. I do that test cut because I just, I'm too nervous at this point because I've cut too deep before. I tend to be yeah. the opposite of you. I always end up cutting a little too deep and I'm like on a four, a setting of a four. And I'm like, Oh yeah, Karina. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to pull that back. <laughs> so great. Okay, Kelly, do you have any other projects you want to tell anyone about before we wrap this up? Because I actually love hearing about projects and I wish we could do I mean this is on YouTube, but like I don't wanna hurt the podcast listeners, so that's why we're just discussing our favorite projects. But at some point we probably should do a YouTube like we did with um, Amanda Niederhauser where we showed all her quilts where we can show like all your favorite paper projects because that would be actually really fun. Yeah, I've got a lot. I, the biggest problem is finding out where to put them. <laughs> it's so – well, let's talk about that. How do you store your stuff? Um, a lot of it is just on random shelves. I've got some um, like seasonal stuff I will put in plastic buckets uh, and store in the basement until – if I remember the next year, instead of making a whole new project that's <laughs> similar, uh, I'll pull those out. But yeah, I like to, to have pretty things in my craft room. And so a lot of the things I make just get put on shelves um, in my craft room. As far as one more favorite project or favorite thing I've been working on is definitely crepe paper, using making crepe paper flowers. Where are you, like, hey, where are you getting the paper for that? So that is from Leah Griffith. She makes a really beautiful, it's called Extra Fine Crepe Paper. And she's, her brand is the only one that is that weight. And I love it. And so uh, leahgriffith.com or beltpaperscissors.com is where you can get it. Or find it on, on Amazon. But those, and then you can, just like with other paper flowers, you can color them with all sorts of different things, whether it's markers or ink or um, pan pastels is a common way to color those because they're a little more delicate. Um, But yeah, I love lately doing crepe paper flowers and that has to be done with the Cameo 4 because it's got the rotary blade, uh, unless you're cutting by hand. (laughs) And you're not cutting any of these by hand, you're cutting them on a machine. I'm cutting some of them by hand because some of them are so intricate you can't get the rotary blade to do really tight corners. But then I just have um, my my machine just cut it out of cardstock as a template. And so I'm still using my silhouette machine to um, streamline the process, even if I'm cutting by scissors to the actual petals or leaves. Okay, and I've been watching Kelly make these. You guys go check out her Instagram feed at Crafting Kelly. It's two Ks. It's crafting with a K. Go check it out because they are very beautiful and so crazy. And you'll notice I'm not doing them. 
<laughs> I'm like, if I'm even thinking about hand cutting, I'm like, nope, I'm out. I am out. It's been kind of fun to go like back to my roots, hand cutting from before I ever got a cutting machine. Um, I love that. It's either the really simple stuff or the really intricate cut stuff that I cut by hand and everything else. I have the, the cameo machine to it. So awesome. Okay, you guys. Kelly, thanks for being on. This has been so fun. Um, if you want to find out more about Kelly, um, Kelly, where can they find you? So you can go to my website, which is findingtimetocreate.com. And then from there, you can find like my social media. Um, and, and yeah, that's my website. Okay, you guys will love it. It's so fun. You can also see her teach in a lot of different places, so go check that out. Um, And we are done for today, you guys. I'm so glad you joined us, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, did you know that you can visit me at makeanddesign.com to learn more about this podcast and join my VIP group for weekly freebies? I can't wait to see you there.